calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is of gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello, and welcome to this episode of CFA Institute's Take 15. My name is Steve Horn, Head of Professional Education Content at CFA Institute. And I'm joined here today in our Asia-Pacific office by Jamie Parrott, Head of FTSE Group's Research and Development Department in Asia, where he designs new indices for exchanges, institutions, and planned sponsors worldwide. One of the key indices he's working on recently is the FTSE ASFA Australian Index Series that makes adjustments for tax-related issues and that's the topic of our discussion today. Jamie, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Stephen. According to a recent survey sponsored by Research Foundation of CFA Institute, only about 8% of U.S. wealth managers measure their performance on an after-tax basis, and only another 18% or so have any interest in doing so. That makes your work relatively unique so why did FTSE and ASFA go about developing this Australian index series that makes adjustments for tax issues? I think the key, the key components here is if you look at the way indices have evolved over time, you know, you know, all the way back to 1884 when we first created you know, price-weighted indices, you know, moving to market cap um, back in the 1920s, um, even evolving through to um, international investment back in the 1970s. Indices have aimed to evolve and, and take into account how investors invest globally. So um, even the movement into free float in the 19, sort of 1999, 2000, we started to see sort of tax coming into, or tax awareness coming into the way indices were created with regards to dividends. So for me, this is sort of more of a, an evolution of that sort of process. And, and obviously, it's trying to take into account the misalignment that we see between the fund managers that are being measured on a sort of a, a pre-tax um, basis compared to obviously from an after-tax basis which the sort of superannuation funds and investors generally are being sort of compared um, against. On that point, does making tax adjustments simply give managers an easier benchmark to beat? I think that if you actually look at the, the way the benchmarks are currently um, treated, um, you know, we mentioned about the misalignment between um, how um, fund managers are obviously benchmarked. Now, there are particular events um, that are taken into account where from a pre-tax basis, the fund manager might not participate in, but also from an after-tax after tax basis, um, they would want to um, participate from the perspective of a superannuation fund. Um, so, therefore, most really fund managers would actually prefer um, you know, if you actually ask them, you know, realistically, they would actually prefer to be measured against an after-tax benchmark. Uh, however, they're, at the moment, you know, well, up until now, they haven't existed. You mentioned superannuation funds and certain taxable events. Does the structure of the Australian tax system provide a unique motivation for developing these indices? Um, yes, that is correct. Um, there are particular events that happen in Australia uh, that, as far as I'm aware, don't happen anywhere else. I think Canada had a sort of imputation credit um, system historically, um, but as far as I'm aware, that doesn't exist anymore. Um, so 
uh, for Australia, um, there's a couple of key components uh, that are taken into account. One is the imputation system. And uh, the imputation system um, literally tries to um, take into account double taxation with regards to dividends. So if a dividend is paid, uh, the company will be taxed on that dividend and, and will possibly be able to give credits um, on that dividend to investors to claim back at the end of the financial year. The other component is regards to off-market buybacks. Now this again is a completely different treatment to maybe other places in the world whereby uh, uh, most indices um, take into account um, buybacks in general by taking them out using the, the current market price of that share. Now off-market buybacks in Australia normally are at a discount between 10 and 14% of the current market price. So actually there's a, an adjustment in performance straight away by if you take into account off-market buybacks um, at the wrong price, then the performance obviously is out of whack straight away. The other aspect is that um, it's beneficial for certain investor types to participate in off-market buybacks because of the fact there's franking credits attached to them, um, but also there are potential discounts on the capital gains tax um, you know, if you've held those shares for more than one year. Those issues do provide a unique motivation for developing the indices. So what assumptions do you make in the calculation methodology? Um, I think there were... FTSE and, and ASTRA have um, undertaken this for quite some time, the consultation. Um, process um, from the, I think the end of 2007 so it's actually taken quite some time to you know, take into account some of the characteristics um, of, of what um, investors actually want which is sort of one of the key areas. There are sort of three pillars that I like to see. Um, one of them is um, imputation credits or franking credits in the general term. The other is off-market buybacks and the other component is capital gains tax. Now the intricacies uh, are very difficult with regards to the CGT literally because of the fact that every investor portfolio is, is different um, and the starting position is actually different. But say for off-market buybacks, um, it is literally just taking into account what actually happens in the marketplace. Um, now we have to make an assumption on cost base um, within sort of the first tranche of our um, index series. So literally to gain a discount on the capital gains tax, we made the assumption that the shares would have held, been held for at least one year and use that in the cost base. Um, the other aspects are the fact that um, this series is not only for tax-exempt investors who valuation funds, we also have indices for the mid-tax brackets and the high-tax brackets as well. So we're trying to have a broad suite of indices that really um, take into account the requirements of the Australian market. Well, that's a very refined approach. Does the tax adjustment have a significant impact on the index, or, or put differently, do the pre-tax numbers look very different from the after-tax numbers? Yes, um, they, they are, and as you would expect, because if potentially a dividend is paid um, and uh, it has the full amount of franking credits attached to it, that could be actually an additional 30% um, on top of the dividend actually paid. And obviously you have to pay tax on that, but for a tax-exempt investor, you know, those returns can be very, very good. Um, for a superannuation fund um, who have to pay a 15% tax, um, if you look at over the last five years, on average, franking credits have added an additional 130 basis points on top of your return. Now obviously um, going back to sort of 2004 to 2006 uh, when um, the, the market was um, doing very well those franking credits returns were even larger. Um, however now sort of they sort of trickled down in 2008. Similar to off-market buybacks as well. Um, for a 
superannuation fund to participate, you could have had an, ad an added sort of return of over the last five years around about 14, 14 um, basis points. Um, now you would say, well, that isn't that much, but actually, you know, I think the key thing is, you know, these additional basis points actually provide or can pay for um, the, the entire cost of running of the fund. So it actually does make um, quite a difference. So just the other side of the sort of coin is the fact that um, mid-tax brackets and high-tax bracket investors possibly wouldn't want to participate in off-market buybacks. And actually the difference in performance between um, the five-year period that we've run the history for, um, the difference is on average around about 300 basis points between a tax-exempt investor and a high-tax um, sort of paying investor as well. So the differences actually can be quite big. Well, those differences are large. Looking forward, what do you see as the biggest challenges in the future design of these tax-adjusted indices? Um, the first tranche of indices will, um, were literally um, created to take into account a component of CGT, um, the buybacks and the, um, the dividends uh, with, the frank with regards to franking credits. Um, the second tranche of indices are actually going to go into the finer detail of um, CGT. And FTSE, along with ASFA, have actually created a committee made up of market practitioners such as um, fund managers, um, superannuation funds, consultants, tax experts, um, to govern the index series, but also to allow the indices to evolve. So one of the areas um, of that evolution is um, CGT. Um, I think so that is one of the key areas that we're looking for, for for enhancing the index series over time and obviously there are additional complexities involved um, but I think the key note with regards to Australia is people want to see a standardised benchmark which is for after tax reporting which doesn't necessarily or has not necessarily existed in the past. Jamie thank you for joining us and sharing your thoughts and insights regarding these tax adjusted indices and thank you our viewer to browse our catalog of other multimedia products, visit us online at cfawebcasts.org. Copyright 2010, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.